Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Jess. Hi, Elsie. How you doing, love? Good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. I'm going to sing this whole episode. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. That would be silly. So this is how mama, let me just a little behind the scenes. This is how mama keeps the children quiet. This is how sad it is so that I could podcast with you today. I'm like, here, sit in front of that. Place. Do you want, do you want to, do you want a lollipop? I'll give you a lollipop. You sit down right here. I'll give you a lollipop. Oh, <laughs> why is that? Why, wait, how old is she? Well, both of them, the five-year-old and the two and a half. Well, they're almost six and almost six and almost three. But geez, goodness gracious. At least you didn't give them a Pepsi. That <laughs> yeah, I did not life. give them a Pepsi. They got, and, and it's actually, a, a, it's like, in quote, healthy candy because it's organic. Of course, oh. it's organic. Of course, because it's Elsie. Of, of course, it's yummy earth organic um, candy. Right. Meanwhile, I was trying to figure Lollipops. out how I can fit more bacon into my eggs this morning. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Eating in front of Elsie is like a shame, like a shame meal because she's always eating something so healthy. The first time I ever met her in person, she came up to me in the airport. We were meeting at Philly Airport to go to New Media X. I don't even know if I told this story before. You haven't. And I hadn't eaten because I was so desperate to get a flight to go to Vegas for New Media Expo that I I literally saw Elsie's flight, booked it in my pajamas, and then just left the house. Like, like got dressed and left the house. So I was starving when I got to the airport. The first thing I saw was like chicken cheesesteak and then Elsie walks up with like bags of granola <laughs> and I was like don't judge my cheesesteak no I I'm had sorry. all these snacks I know and you, <laughs> like, you, you had like so food shame dude it's not that it's bad it's just that I prefer other food but I like the cheese and but you know what when I'm gonna indulge I want it to be like the best bad food ever so anyway, yeah, and some yeah. so, but no, it, there's you shouldn't be shamed into it. I mean, give me a break. I'm gonna get this T-shirt. Oh my god, this T-shirt that I found on one of my favorite apps that I've been using just to like mess around online. Sometimes it's um, it's called Keep. I don't know if you've heard of it. <clears throat> it's just and so they have like lots of like shopping things and it's sort of how I shop in quotes. I just put things in little piles. Mm -hmm. And so this t-shirt says, whatever, I'm getting a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that t-shirt. So yes. That t-shirt, I don't know when this will go live, but we are working on getting t-shirts. We are, you know, there's a lot. That that would be like a really good episode too. Like all the work that we've done to start to get, for the t-shirts, it's not like we haven't been working on it. It's just a lot more complicated than you would think. So there are yeah. a lot of little bits and pieces of moving parts <laughs> with the t-shirts and whatnot. We could also just, do you think that we should set up a, one of those stores? What are they called? Like what Cafe are, Press? Yeah. Yes. The only thing is that the girl, we can't have that. But oh, yes. that's right. The girl, that's so, right. So See, like, ladies, these are, yeah, these are topics because, you know, you have to get another license for the girl in in the T-shirt. You, we would have to pay for another more money for, for using her to sell her. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, so the girl, so we can't, so I can't have the full logo on a cafe press, but I can, makes probably something cool and pretty and put it on there. You know, yeah. it just, it can't be her specifically, which actually, because her neck just sort of like ends, which is why I have like the black bar underneath her, it probably wouldn't look good on a t-shirt anyway, to be honest. So oh, that's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this will, this will probably work out better. So yeah, we can totally set up a cafe press and that way you can put, um, she podcasts on anything you want, really. Mm-hmm. I can make, make a little store. In, in yeah, that. that would be really nice. That way we can start it that way. And then if we want to up-level them and have them with us, then we can have some that are made for Yeah, and, and maybe I can get a maternity shirt, which hey. now I'd have to buy my own, and it would be my own shame maternity shirt. For, <laughs> it's not a shame maternity. For podcast movement. 
<laughs> my shame belly shirt. Oh my god! Yeah, give me you a know break. what I was thinking about doing is buying an extra small and just pinning it to the front of a regular shirt, <laughs> so I could just have it. Anyway, okay, sorry. Oh my god, pinning it—that's crazy pants. So, our topic for today. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a story? Because I think this was a great conversation on the She Podcast group. So I hope you guys, ladies, um, we're gonna maybe name some names. Today, not not that anybody said anything horrible by any means, but you know, we did let you guys know in the thread um, that we might be discussing this uh, on the show. But I think that it's really worth people knowing about this and kind of talking about it. Yeah. So go. Um, okay, so I posted in a group on July third. Need quick help. I'm supposed to interview a guy in about a half hour, but that's not the problem because <laughs> I normally don't interview men. Um, the problem is that he bills himself as the lifestyle entrepreneur and travels all over the world helping others set up systems so they can do that as well. Which, by the way, I've already interviewed two people that do that, that are women. Um, But that's a side note. I approved his request because originally I thought he would be an interesting guest. And also, to be truly honest with you, I also approved his request because he has a book coming out and and he's already has a, um, a pretty healthy audience. So I thought maybe his audience would like my show, et cetera. But, but when I further looked at it, well, let me finish what I wrote. Okay. I thought it would be interesting, but looking at it now, he has no family, no kids, and starts from a place of passion and interest first, and then helps you, quote, design a life worthy of a screenplay. I'm just realizing now he may be super unrelatable for my guests. What do I do? Should I play sick? Should I tell him my thoughts? Should I go through with it and then just lose the interview if I think it sounds stupid? Anyone. And it's gotten... Um, 30 plus comments. Um, a lot of the women said to be honest with him and tell him what I was afraid of, which uh, I did end up doing, but he ended up being late to the interview. So I canceled it. So I didn't interview him. First of all, let's just start with that. I didn't interview him because he thought my 15 minute reminder for the show from schedule once was actually a, a reschedule. Oh, so, so he, that's why he didn't show up. And then he was like two thirty. He was like, where are you? And I was like, you missed your window, buddy. But, um, and then I, but I also wrote to him and actually maybe I should read you that as well. Um, what I wrote to him because I think that it's valuable and I may have, and I may have overreacted. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Regarding the concerns, originally I accepted your request to interview because I thought talking about the travel and lifestyle would be fun. However, as I was researching you today, I started wondering if my audience would be a good fit for you. They're mostly women either straddling full-time jobs and their own businesses or working from home. Over half are married. Over half have kids. And I don't know, by the way, the correlation, like some are married and no kids. Some are divorced with kids. Like there's no correlation there. The lifestyle of traveling three to four months out of the year isn't really realistic for them. I know you're promoting a book. I didn't just want, I didn't want to just waste yours and my time if it wasn't going to benefit both of us. I know you focus on time management and systems a little bit, and I do think that's helpful. The general feel of your brand and service seems geared towards younger, single, or freshly coupled people with the ability to have your lifestyle, and I'm just not sure my audience does. Some do, yes. And then I said I sort of confirmed my intuition when I looked at our mutual friends on Facebook, and the ones I know are super young and single or unmarried with no children. Hmm. So, (laughs) you know, so it was like, so, um, and I can just go to this person and read you some of the people who um, I guess I have mutual friends with. Um, and, and I'm guessing, of course, there's 20, we have 21 people in common. Some of them are young podcasters. Also Derek Halpern, May, uh, Megan Pangan, who's a, a community member, um, Kate Erickson and John Dumas, Craig Carpenter, who's a young new podcaster, um, Ali Samani, who works for Lewis House, who's young and single, um, a couple other people I'm friends with who I've, of course, never spoken to. Um, and this other guy, Navid Moazis, who's young, single, no children. So, um, so again, I was sort of like, oh, when I started, because, because I usually wait, I, this is maybe going to change my practice a little bit. I usually wait until right before the interview before I really start digging into their stuff so that my thoughts about what they're doing are fresh. And so, an hour before our interview, I looked at his website. I started really going through his Facebook. I do a little bit just to approve the request, but then I really dig in right before. So that's when I started to have a panic, like, who the hell is going to relate to this guy? His um, And also, lifestyle entrepreneurs in general, for me, I find them to be a little bit unrelatable because I feel like 
you know, from passion to profit isn't always um, realistic. And even if it is realistic and you are doing something you love and you are making money for it, it doesn't necessarily mean you can also take three months and go to Egypt and Thailand and Bali while you're doing it. Because you have, you know, like me, even if I didn't have kids, I have in-laws, I have parents, I have sisters and brothers, you know what I mean? Like we have siblings, we have a house here and a mortgage, you know, like, it, and maybe you have a spouse who don't want to, right? Like, like, I don't even know if my, my husband has a job. I don't think he would want to go to Bali because it's sweat, because it's sweaty there, right? It's sweaty there. <laughs> so I just sort of feel like they're, I feel like oftentimes, and this is completely separate from whether or not you interview someone. I often feel like lifestyle entrepreneurs are peddling something you can't purchase. Huh. And so, and so, and maybe this was a pregnancy hormonal reaction because I'm pregnant and therefore I'm never going to be able to travel for the next 20 years. I'm done with this whole three to four months out of the year traveling. That's never, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe it was my own feeling of being trapped in my own body, right. but it's also, but it also was like, you know, like I, I, because I now have a group similar to she podcasts, the lady business bomb squad. I know those women. I know that a lot of them have children. I know that a lot of them, um, have businesses that may not be, um, suited for, for that kind of lifestyle. And I started to feel like, why did I, why did I say yes to this person? I kind of wish that I hadn't because not only, because a woman's perspective can give you hope. But as a man, I, I started to wondering if, wondering if I myself would hammer him with questions. Like, hmm. if, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like as a host, will I give him a hard time about his life? And right. do I want to, and do I want to do that? You know? Yeah, that's really tough because it depends. I, you know, you, what, what the, the majority of the comments that we got in that conversation that, well, not that we got because I was not part of the conversation. Yeah, where the hell were you? <laughs> well, because I had, I was just interested in what other people had to say because I've never been in that situation. You know, I, I didn't feel like I really had very much to right. offer. Oh, right, because you don't do interviews. Yeah, right. I don't do interviews. So I was like, oh, well, that's kind of weird because I've never, you know, I've only been part <laughs> of other people's podcast. Right. So true. I'm that's only funny. in in that respect. So basically what the lady said was like be honest and keep it real. Right? Mm-hmm. And and then a lot of people said that it would be like a really juicy conversation for you to go into the conversation talking about exactly what you were talking to me about right now. So to address yeah. sort of like to kind of go off, to to make the whole podcast be about what you were just talking about. It just doesn't seem like it's a it's a feasible thing for my audience to, to do like, these are the things that are coming up for me. I feel that this is not possible. Yeah. Do you feel like, like what are the value propositions that you have as uh, as somebody that has been doing this for a while? And do you think it's possible for somebody that has more responsibilities that keep you from traveling as much or from mm-hmm. being able to move from one place to the next as much? Well, so um, Lisa Grace Byrne, who's a very good friend of mine, and, and like if you've ever met her in person, it's like meeting a hug. Yes. She's so loving and warm and wonderful. So she said, I would go the route, pardon her, even with headset on. And that's not a baby. No, it's my kitty. It's even, a cat. It's my kitty. Um, she said, yes, I'd go the route of healthy devil's advocate and just see if some good conversation could come out of it, which I thought was really good advice and fair and nice. Because that's her, and I liked it. And then um, Anastasia Valentine also do the interview. If it's not a fit, don't go to air. It's your show, your house, and your rules. Um, and then, and then at that moment, he started to be a no show because he misunderstood the scheduling. And then, let's see, I sort of lost track of the conversation after that. Um, Kira Oak. So then, you piped in and said it was hilarious. And then um, <laughs> that's all I had to offer. And then Jessica Rhodes, who, um, when, when he, when he was a no show, Jessica Rhodes, who's so funny, she, um, cause I know she's right there with me cause she has like a, he's not a new baby, but he's like a year or so old. He, when he no showed, she wrote, maybe he's just too busy living a free life with no family and kids. <laughs> That's and that was so funny. funny. And then she wrote, sorry, that was mean, but, but you know, possibly true. And Tina also laughed at that because she has three children under the age of like seven or six or, or something. Um, and then Kira said, I would love to hear from a mompreneur covering this topic, which is Caroline Kane. 
who I've interviewed before. She um, was living in Thailand when I interviewed her, and then she moved to Australia, but she's British. They just do, they just go where they want to go. And her baby is like two, maybe, maybe two. Wow, that's just, you know what? I think I heard that interview too. I was like, yeah. Lord. Yeah, she's very smart, and she, and, and her, her, take on time management was brilliant also. And actually that is the thing that I think the traveling nomad can give you is really your time management philosophy because they have to do it because they're like in an airport or at this or at that, you know? Um, so, uh, then Kathleen, I'm too late to chime in. Did the interview end up happening? Um, what, while we're on the subject, what do you do with interviews that just aren't good? Um, and then he didn't show. And then, and then, Today, actually about an hour ago, Kate Sicka wrote um, just a quick chime in from someone who seems to be the only one without kids. I would have been interested to hear the interview, provided he wasn't a douche. Natalie Sisson is also a nomadic single female. While my partner and I don't aspire to a rootless nomadic lifestyle, we are working towards making incomes completely portable. She's a female entrepreneur, no kids as well. Gentle nudge, night to write someone off for not having kids or a family, which isn't exactly why I didn't want to interview him. Uh, I'm surprised that was the area of focus and not the more glaring difference of being a man. Men have a completely different experience in business and they often don't see it. I'd be more concerned he was advising women to use tactics that are more successful for men, like power sales. Mm. I had no, I had no idea how truly different the business world can be for men and women until we owned and operated a coffee roastery. The roasting world and cafe restaurant is a very male dominant industry. Who knew? I didn't know that was a male dominated industry. But what isn't really? Let's be honest. That's true. Um, we were shocked at how the doors fell open for a male sales rep we hired, um, but not a woman. I'm not sure a guy could truly relate to a woman's experience in business, but I'd still be interested in listening, provided he wasn't annoyingly unrelatable. So, but she, she's she's also at, at the same time she is sort of. She is negating and yet confirming my concern at the same time. Like, I what, because it's true, like, Kira, I wasn't, or Kate, sorry, Kate Sitka, I wasn't writing him off because he's childless or spouseless. I was writing him off because, in addition to that, he's also a man that does this. Right. You know, like, and, right. and so if he were a woman, it would have been a no-brainer because I've had Caroline Kane and Amy Scott is married. She has no children, but she, um, I think that's somewhere in the future for them. And so I, I'm not saying she's pregnant or not. I'm just saying I know that they would like to have children eventually. So, um, you know, like, and, and she's a, she's going to be a podcaster. She's not yet, but, um, she's Nomadtopia and her whole job is helping people learn to work from anywhere so they can take the trip of their dreams or go live where they want. So I have had two women on there and I thought that their experience and knowledge was very valuable. It was the fact that in addition to not being, to, to having no familiar responsibility, he was also a man. And that's why I got concerned because I felt like, first of all, he's trying to sell a book. I don't know how much of an, of how much of a um, boost my audience could give him. And second of all, Similarly, I'm trying to have a popular show. I don't know how much of his audience is going to enjoy my show. So I sort of felt like, is that really not a win-win here or what? You know? You wouldn't have been able to know, I think, until after you did the interview. Because that's true. you could, if you position it in a way that you know, you, you voice your community's, you know, conversations or questions, you could have set it up that way. And also you're very good at, um, intuitively following a conversation, you know, and making things much more relatable. And also, you know, maybe taking the conversation somewhere that it would, would, would have been a lot more human and less mm -hmm. about selling a book or less about, but making it so that he would be not a douchebag, unrelatable kind of guy. Right. Sure, so it, sure. you could have done that in, in that respect. And also to address the questions that your community has from, from that perspective. Um, I know that, you know, I've been on a couple of shows, like Katie Kremitzos. We'll go back to that uh, show again when I was her. She has, you know, business women rock. And yeah, I have my business, but really my focus is more about podcasting. And I do still work for a corporation, so I still have a job there. So even though I do have my own business, it's not, I'm not making my living off of my business uh, right now. 
So it's one of those things where that kind of in, you know, my experience in that field right now isn't as deep as the majority of the guests that she has on her show. Mm-hmm. But my, but, but I was part of a series for women in podcasting that she was focusing in. And therefore I did have stuff to share for her audience because it was framed that way. She framed the interview that way so that people didn't go into thinking, well, oh, she doesn't have a business. She's not working for herself. Right. I mean, I I do have my own income, like I said, but I'm not a full time, my own business girl, lady person. Right. Well, that's true. Um, but I had you on and it didn't seem to be an issue. Uh, in fact, I didn't even remember that you had a full-time job, even though I know you do. Well, you know what? I actually, I also don't have a full-time job because I don't have a full-time job. I work, I'm, I'm not full-time, but I well, do but also, have that. you love that. It's like you're, that's like if you love art and you're hired to paint something. Like Yeah, and see, that's really why my heart. It's a why, job because they pay you, but is it though? <laughs> well, that's the whole point. It's because I would do this. I did this. Yeah, I do this no matter what. Free, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm totally doing this all the time. I did it I before, and I do it after, and I did it when I was on maternity leave. Yeah, and don't I did tell, it anyway. Don't tell Libson I said you would do it for free. Right? Do don't, no, 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 we don't want to. No, we don't want to do that. So you know, you can frame it in that respect. Now, so I think. Well, well, what's the problem though? Because you said he emailed you back. Did have you oh, talked about so the yeah. email back yet? So okay, so twelve hours ago, actually. So this is like uh, we were supposed to interview on. That was July 3rd. So Wednesday, he just now emailed me back after I told him my concerns. And he said, um, hope you had a fun-filled fourth. Sincerest apologies for messing up the time zones. As for whether or not you feel I'm a good fit for your audience, you certainly know them better than I do. While it is true that my personal lifestyle preference is to travel quite a bit, really that's an extension of my core philosophy, which is success is being able to do what you want, when you want to, with whoever you please. So whether that means throwing on a backpack and exploring the temples of Asia or having more time and freedom to spend with the family, I feel that becoming a lifestyle entrepreneur um, useful towards both ends. Please have a copy of my book. If you think I'd be a good fit, let's reschedule. And I promise to triple check the call time. If you don't think I'm a good fit, no hard feelings. Maybe, you know, if you see it from that perspective, if you can his core belief or his core value that he is selling in his book, if it can be applied to your audience, I think that it can be something that people would, would resonate with. Uh, but, but like what Kate was saying before, I think the larger topic is that he's a, he's a man and I'm not, and again, I'm not, it's, it's so hard to say that because to some degree you don't want to be like, well, I can do whatever I want as a woman and a man, but, but you know, the reality of the situation is we do things differently and it's, there's so many layers that are different in terms of the way that men can do things, particularly when it comes to traveling. Because I don't, you know, I, I actually don't know Natalie Sison very well, and I don't know like the specifics of how she travels. But to me, one of the biggest concerns in terms of traveling in a new country or something like that would be the fact that I'm a woman by yeah. myself. Yeah. Right. Well, and right. so there, it's like you're alone. There's a there's a a bigger level of for me at least security concerns mm-hmm. to be able to stay safe, to be protected, to make sure that you know I'm I'm taking care of myself. I mean that happens here as well. I mean, in where I live in Pittsburgh, just walking around at certain times of the night, I don't do that. So it's it's like there's there there's certain concerns that you have as a woman going to do things by yourself that you can absolutely 100% do but at the same time there is like the little feelers that you always have to have the extra feelers of things that perhaps are not the safest yeah so so you need like a guide or a buddy no that's totally yeah. true and like i'm looking back at the men that i've interviewed in the past and the first guy that I interviewed was um, a psychotherapist talking about fear and how fear holds us back, which is universal. The second um, and third gentleman I interviewed were speakers, and one was talking about speaking and marketing, which we all relate to. And then the other person was a, um, a weight loss, he said, recovering control freak and um, weight loss person. And I thought he was very relevant to a woman's community. And then I did a month of 
loving the guys for Valentine's Day. And I did John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn, Scott Stratton, um, Rick Mulready. They're all entrepreneurs. I mean, and, and, and actually Scott and Pat have children. Um, but John and Rick do not. And I forget who else I interviewed during that time. But, um, but what, but the non kid people, I didn't talk to them about, like, they don't, they don't do this type of lifestyle thing. So it's like, you know, I talked to them about their work really. And, and, and I mean, Rick does marketing stuff and John does podcasting and online entrepreneurship. So anyway, so I have never interviewed a man with a lifestyle that a, that a woman with children couldn't really achieve, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so there, I think that, yeah, I think the, com- <laughs> I, know. Woo! I think the conversation would have been really good if you guided it, you know, along and maybe if, if you have, and that's another thing, if you have time and you can read the book or skim through it and start to see if there is, are some things, maybe some key things that you're like, oh my God, this totally makes sense. Or yeah, I've, I like this, or I like the way he wrote this. Maybe it, it will be something that you could do. Right. So when I saw that he gave me the book, I was like, that's so sweet. And then my next reaction was, oh, shit, and now I have to do homework. You know? Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like and see, first, that's that, absolutely. Absolutely. It's time to read a whole book. But like, um, I will say this, though, like another thing to take into consideration, which may have nothing to do with a lot of the listeners, is that, you know, I'm going on maternity leave and I just realized I have to interview 60 people. Oh, my before, God. Before December in order to take me through to March. So like not just the people to take me up to, de- to December, but then also another, I do eight per month. So eight, 16, 24. So like 30 people for, for that time I'll be gone. Plus 30 people from now, like until then. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So I mean, it's sort of hard. It's like, are my standards going to be less because I have to interview more people in order to build up enough where I don't have to do it while I'm, you know, while I'm breastfeeding if I can't, you know what I mean? So it's like, so then, but then that brings up a whole nother question, which is like your standards for interview. Yes, you know your audience, but at the same time, like if you need to pack a bunch in, if you're going on vacation, do you care less? Because some of those comments were like, you know, we have an obligation as podcasters to make each show the best show regardless right? Yeah. So, to be a value to that's Yeah. I saw that comment as well. Like, um, yeah. Natalie Eckhart said that it, you know, if he, if he yeah, does the show, no. I would just cancel, you know, oh, I mean, if he does, if it does show, I would just cancel. But then, and then Katie Kremitzos reminded her that, you know, they have an obligation to the listeners to give them the best yes. they can. It was Katie. Yes. And so, then, and then that does bear the question that you can answer, which is, although I know you don't do interviews, but, um, I'm sure you'll have an opinion about this because you're Elsie. Like, um, when you do a show and it wasn't great, especially with an interview with someone else, what do you do? Do you air oh, it? Yeah, I know. And, I ha- and, and so far, I've aired it, but I tried to bury them with re- under really big names. So, like, if I knew that a show wasn't, like, particularly riveting, I would put it the same week as someone who was, like, super famous, like Mari Smith. I mean, I, I have to look back. So that I know for sure that I did that. But like, I, like my strategy is to bury that show under back to back with two people who I know will really get a lot of attention paid to them so that that show kind of like disappears a little bit. But I did air them because I just, because at the time I felt guilty. I've never had a show where I've like, I mean, I have had some people accidentally quote, lose the show to technical difficulties, uh, but that didn't happen, but they just lied. (laughs) I know. Well, you know what, though? We had, let me see. I think, well, well, Natalie says that she has had three interviews that she's decided not to air. Right. And so I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm super curious as to why. And I I asked that. Maybe we can have a follow-up at some point. I wonder if she's online. I don't know. But I wanted to know why. And then, because here's the thing. I suffer from guilt, (laughs) Catholic guilt, (laughs) So I would feel so guilty recording and then not using the interview. And this is just bull. Oh, excuse me. Well, this is already. Is this already a explicit show? I forgot. No, that was I the last know, show. But oh, it should God. be. No, it's that not was the last show. show. I think I did say hell. We can bleep that out. Anyway, so right. what do you? You know, 
it would just come from the, the fact that I know how hard it is for people to make the time to sit down and talk because I know how hard it is for me and for them to invest in me, I would suppose, and then not put it out and then like get them all excited and be like, Oh, I'm going to put this out. And, and then I don't, I, I mean, and then what I asked her is like, what's the language that she used? I really liked what you said to him uh, in your response in the email because you were really great. But what do you say to somebody after you recorded with them and go like, hey, yeah, that wasn't so good. <laughs> you know is that what you say? You don't say it. I mean, I, I mean, I interviewed someone. There's been a, a couple interviews that I, so like there's different levels of me. I'm going to have to do a parody for our group, right? Because there's different levels of interviews. There's the so boring you can't see straight interview, right? And then there's the um, all you do is sell interview, so like oh, a yeah. person who like who like you ask them a question and then they give you a link to their ebook like they won't answer the question but but they wrote an ebook about it that you can read about it on their site or they have an opt in that you're welcome to download. So like if I say like what are the best tips for what you do and they say you'll have to read my book to find out and then I want to punch them. There's yeah. that guy and then there's the whole um trying to read answers to questions I haven't give them given them so like sometimes authors will do this, but also I've had a couple other friends that I've interviewed that like are very canned responses to question, you know, so it just sounds canned as if they've pre-written them. Uh. Uh, um, and then, but then authors also have talking points and they love to give you their talking points. And if you go anywhere near the talking point, they will then give you what they've rehearsed and it sounds rehearsed. Um, and so but those that doesn't mean you throw that interview away. And same with the salesperson. If you can stop them from doing that by changing the subject to what they do. You know, what I did was just not talk about what she did for a little while because it was annoying me so badly. Oh. Uh, um, but, but the boring one, those are the ones I've wanted to lose because I felt like, I don't know if it's because they were introverted or quiet or just too young in business to have an interesting point of view, but I just felt like their answers lacked juice. And those are the ones I wanted to ditch, but I never did. I sh- probably should have. I see. Well, I never did. yeah. Well, I've had a couple of episodes that I've canned for my own show, like the Elsie's yoga class where I didn't put them out, even though I told them I was going to, like, I'm going to be teaching a class about this and You'll get episode, you know, next week or whatever. And I never put those up. I never followed up because they just were not up to snuff, you know, either because I wasn't as good in quotes on, you know, being on teacher, being the teacher, or there was way too much non, non vision, non audio stuff. Like everybody go get blocks, you know, okay. There were too many people in the class that needed more props and I had to demonstrate many different things that just don't work well in audio, of course, because I'm talking about stuff that you can't even see and I'm using things that you don't have. So I decided to can those. So I've done that. Yeah. But so your question, what do you tell the person? Like, I'm not really sure because I'm sort of afraid to have that conversation where it's just like, I mean, that's why I think the advice of I had a technical difficulty and I lost the interview. I'm really sorry. But then, of course, they want to reschedule and re-interview with you. Exactly. So you can't really do the technical difficulty thing. It's really just a matter of, I don't know, you've already spent, they've already spent, the other thing is they've already spent the hour with you. So to tell them you're not going to, I'd love to have Natalie's perspective on what she said and how she said it in a way that was nice because, like, the person's already spent an hour with me. And now to tell them I'm not going to air the show just seems like a slap in the face. Yeah, that's that's the catch that I feel. And I don't want to slap anyone in the face, even if it is digital. <laughs> a digital slap. A digital slap. No, 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 I, no. I don't want to do that, right? Yeah, then, no. Here's another um, question. Actually, if people wouldn't mind giving us the answer in the Facebook group. Um, the other question I have is... Um, I still don't know what to do about this. I did an interview with some, actually two questions. I could talk about this all day because I'm always, I always seem to be somewhere awkward, right? So like, here's my second awkward scenario. Um, I did an hour long interview with someone. Um, again, a person who I know is brilliant, but not necessarily has like a huge audience or, you know, I don't want to say it was a favor, but it was someone who, um, I'm fond of. 
it was a good interview, but there's a piece of it that she was embarrassed about. So she wants to redo also because she's rebranding. She wants to do the whole interview again. Oh, can we just read? Can we just read tape it? And I sort of feel like now she should pay me for my time. <laughs> you know, mm. like I did the one for free. But do I want to spend a whole another hour asking you the same questions? Not really. How am well, I going to stay awake for that? Is Well, you know what? Um, you can add in new information. You know, since this interview, this is what's happened with X. Yeah. And this is what is going on with her. And this is the difference. I think that that's, that's great. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it would be a different. That's like way too much time. It's a lot of time. Yeah. And adding to it when it's already an hour is tough. So, like, I can edit out the part that she doesn't like, which I'm fine to do. And then she wanted to hear it, which I also usually don't do. I don't let the person hear it before it airs because that's just asking for trouble, right? Yeah. Um, so I haven't sent her the file to listen to, and I haven't made an attempt to reschedule it because I kind of don't want to. Like, I, I have other people. You know, I've already talked to her. And the point of having your own show and like, you know, I don't want to talk to the same people over and over. I want to talk to new people. I want to get to know new people. So I kind of don't want to do it, but I also want to say that in a way that doesn't sound rude. And I'm not sure what to say. Uh, so I really passive aggressively have not dealt with it. And then my third thing is this same person, interestingly enough, I hope she doesn't listen. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so this same person, um, introduced me to her sister and wants me to interview her sister because she has her own business. Huh. But her business is like a locally so it's sort of like she owns like a local service business. So like I won't say specifically but like and uh, you know like a, a local event planner type consult you know something something like that. She's had her business for a while but like still you interview someone and then they want you to interview their family. Right. That's kind of odd. It is. And I, gosh, I, I don't even know. I don't even know because then I, I would have to say, like, I'd be like, oh, maybe we could use that as a bonus feature. <laughs> but then if it's yeah. my time and you're recording 60 plus episodes that you need to have content for, I just want to be thinking, uh, I don't want to be dealing with it. This is like extra, like just you saying that to me stressed me out. It's stressful. The it's thought totally of it stressful. stressful. You have, have to, to deal now, with this. Either well, I get pitches a lot. So the also also the part of that Elsie is like if I pitch sixty women and they all say yes, no one who asks to be on my show will get on until April of next year. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like right. I mean, of course they're not all gonna say yes, but like pitching sixty women, first of all, I don't even know sixty women that I haven't spoken to, probably. But then also like am I gonna be compromising on my um standards of like audience and, and length of business and that kind of thing, perhaps. Right. But then I actually did say yes to the sister because she has had her own business for nine years and she was like, her pitch was, I'm happy to share the ups and downs and mistakes. I thought I always like talking about screw ups. That sounds like a fun interview. So I was like, <laughs> plus nine years. And she has like, she's like not a, you know, not the kind of an audience that an online business person would have, but decent. It was decent. It's probably all local, but it's decent. So I was like, all right, let's just see how it goes. So I said yes to her. But again, that was probably out of the fact that I need to have 60 women on. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, but, but, you know, when you have a show and you're doing interviews, um, you do open yourself up to people who are trying to, um, I don't want to say take advantage, but um, cause that's not the right word. I don't think they're being manipulative. I think they're being, um, opportunistic. Let's just say that. Yeah. That, that, that people are going to try and have opportunity with you that you may not necessarily want them to have. And then that, like as women, it's very difficult to say no. I, for some reason, it was easy for me to say no to Jesse cause he's a dude. Um, a woman, I would have a much harder time. A, probably because somewhere deep inside me, I'm afraid she'll talk about me and, and I'll look bad and, and look mean and, and look, um, you know, like a B word or whatever. <laughs> and B, then a B word. Can I, cur I, for I have to look up the show to see if I'm even allowed to curse. Cause I, well, I just cursed on this episode right at the beginning. Okay. So I don't want to look like a bitch. Yes. <laughs> right. And so, so but say, and saying no is hard. Which, and actually I developed like a, um, I developed a, um, a non bitch clause, which I call the guest post. 
So mm. like if there's someone who I feel like isn't quite ready, I'll want them to do a guest post on the blog, but that hasn't gone anywhere in a long time. And actually I was thinking about just putting that out there to people in like, um, other women's Facebook groups, like, Hey, I'm looking for some guest posts or even putting it on Harrow so I can fill that as well. Because I think I would like my site to be like a resource for all kinds of, um, business knowledge, but I really, I just haven't had the time to like put that out there, write the post or what would I say? You know what I mean? So, um, so I just haven't done it. But um, it is a nicer way of saying no is, you know, I'm full right now, but if you'd like to do a guest post, you can check back. I usually say, like, check back with me in, like, a year because their business will have grown and they'll probably be ready in a year. You know, normally it's people who just want the publicity and people who want it aren't ready for it usually, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a a catch-22. So I never thought I'd be in this position. I feel like the a little bit of a media mogul when I say stuff like that. <laughs> well, you're going to have, you're going to, I think these are all great questions to start having because that is, it, that is something that I'm sure happens all the time. And, you know, you, you are now in a position where you're going to have to answer these questions for yourself and, and start to figure out what, what works best for your audience from the get go, because there's going to be a point when there's going to be somebody in between you and these people. The key with me And the thing that I have always been taught has been the most important, um, is integrity and, um, and, and not being a bitch. (laughs) I don't know how other way to say that, but like, but integrity, like being able to say no with integrity, being able to fire someone with integrity, always being able to uphold your reputation, no matter what mud you're schlepping through. It's absolutely vital. And you know, it probably, you know, like my parents, uh, my my father had his own business. My grandfather had his own business. Like it's been hardwired in me to protect my reputation as like a local business person. Like even when I was a kid, I couldn't misbehave or could ruin my father's reputation. Right. So like yeah. you know, because he had a local business and it and it um it really well not, not the whole thing wasn't local, but it really relied on your whole family kind of like staying in line. And, and so, and I'm sure his business, you know, my, my grandfather's as well. So it's like, now that you're doing business online, it's even scarier because more people have access to your customers and can tell you what a jerk I am. (laughs) (laughs) So I try really hard. It's not, it's not to like say I'm incentivized not to be a jerk, but like that is part of it is that your reputation can ruin you. And I actually know someone whose reputation, reputation for not having good customer service is sort of hurting them really badly right now in their business. Um, and you can see online, like she's being shut out of Facebook groups and she's not being, you know, and she's, it's really bad, but she's, but she, but it looks like, but also her practices make it look like she's stealing from people because she'll take money and then not do the work. Right. And, but, but that's also consistent as well. You know, this is something yes. that this woman from what, at least from what I've gleaned, cause I have no idea. It's just the fact that she's been doing that consistently. I totally understand, but we're talking about. Mm. Think about it from a different perspective as well, that I know you're doing business and I know that the bottom line is that you're, you know, obviously it's lady business radio. You're doing business. That's part of the process. And lady business radio podcast is part of that. It's part of this bigger thing, which is your business where, and then you also have to think, put your, your hat on of being like a media mogul, if you will. This is your, this is your show. This is what, you know, there's, I'm sure, oh my gosh, there's so many people that have written pilot episodes or not even pilot episodes, just episodes for shows that are existing right. shows that That's have right. been hired to do the work and then they write the whole thing and then they're not ever done. Right. They're because not the, aired. Because the key to our podcast, ladies, is this question. Is it a good story? We are journalists. We may not write. We may not have ever been to the school of journalism. It doesn't matter. Is it a good story? If it's not a good story, if the story doesn't match the reader or the listener, you don't print, right? It doesn't go to print unless it's a good story. And that's probably why Natalie is much more... She has much bigger lady balls than me because well, she's she does, probably but, a journalist first. Right. And you and know I'm what I love nice, about I'm that, being though? being nice first. Right. What's really great about Natalie, though, is what that she has that she says she only interviews founders and co-founders of businesses. So that's already... That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's what she says right there. So that's it. So if you're not, because this woman that she canceled with was the in the marketing department oh, of a right. startup. 
Right. So she, even though right. maybe she had some great stuff to, to, to share, I'm sure that, that that would have been great. But those are the two things that the, the, the calendar and, you know, founders or co-founders. And so Natalie's got a very specific thing that in itself already is, it already has a boundary there. Whereas mm-hmm. if we're a little bit more open to like anything that could possibly, you know, be helpful to our audience, that's like a little bit more big, even if it's business, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I, don't I guess if in the description for Lady Business Radio, it was I interview female I do, business yeah, owners. I do. I interview women entrepreneurs, not women yeah. entrepreneurs that work at DuPont also. <laughs> People who own their own business. But that's another reason why I, interview, I decided to interview this woman's sister because, all right, so what? So she has a local event planning business, but she has her own business. And yeah, with that, and that's so, it. And I don't know how many listeners out there are not online entrepreneurs and have local business. My mother-in-law has a, has her own business here. Like, and I could interview her about, she's had the same business for, you know, since 1982 or something. And there's definitely lessons to learn there about mistakes she's made in marketing or product or how to move product or location. I mean, that's something I very rarely cover, but it's still applicable, I think. Yeah. And I think that there is, didn't I see somebody either doing, starting, or maybe I just heard somebody that's just focusing on product-based businesses. You know, all that stuff is really yes. great because then it also gives you an opportunity to say, oh yeah, I'm, you're not a good fit because, because they're not. That's not part of who they're doing. I think it's a little harder when it's so wide open. Yeah. Right? It's, it's such a harder, it's such a harder mix to be able to offer exactly what you, I don't know. It's yeah, a tough I, question. It's a great question that you're offering, yeah. but at the same time, you are a media mogul. Like, exact the sh- the story is number one, and bottom line, this is a sh- this is a media entity. It's going out. It's and you never know how long it's going to be out there, and you never yeah. know who's going to listen to your show, even the sucky one. That's what right. if they listen to the sucky one first and they're like, "Oh my god, this was the most boring thing I've ever heard," oh. and that's it. Oh, balls. I didn't even think of that, Elsie. I'm going to have to unpublish those. (laughs) Why did you do that to me? Well, because, you know, I just heard Dave Jackson talking about that. You know, like he was just talking about the fact that give me three episodes, you know, not because he puts out bad content, but because it's so like it's diverse. The way that he does his his podcast is very diverse and he has very many different people on it. And sometimes he veers off of. Of course, and he'll do like something really interesting for a point for his audience. Now, those people that love him are going to be like, wow, Dave, that was awesome. But what if there was like a new person that was listening going like, what the heck is this? Right? That's a really good point. That's a really, so, really good point. I th- have a very hard time believing that people would listen to my show for the first time and go right for the episode of the completely unknown person. It depends on what link oh, they God. click, though. You know, oh, it depends God. on where they fall, what link they click, how they, 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 you know, they bump into it for some reason that way. And sometimes what happens is somebody mentions you. And this is what, what I, where I get really kind of self-conscious is I just think I just had, you know, one of the episodes of the feed. It was one of the times when I forgot to turn on my microphone and I had to use like the audio from the computer instead. So my audio wasn't the quality that it usually is. Mm -hmm. And I think that day we were featured somewhere or something like that. I forgot what it was. I don't know. It was the last episode that we had just published. And and then I was doing something or Rob was doing something or something like that. And we were going to be featured. And I'm thinking, oh my God, all these people are going to come and listen to our podcast and my audio sucks. (laughs) So just for that episode. So I just had an idea. What do you, and I want to know what you think of it. Uh Uh-huh. Um, this, this whole question of whether or not I should interview this gentleman, what I should have done in the first place is ask my listeners in my group, the whole point of growing a community, right? A community, the bomb squad, 453 members. Why don't I just say someone is asking to be interviewed on my show. It's a man who travels the world and helps you work from anywhere. Would you be interested? That is fantastic. If they want to hear about him, I'll interview him. I think that's great. I mean, but of course they're. Nice ladies. Why are they going to say no? I mean, I think the thing is also you have to, you know, I'm not sure if he's a good fit. I have to say, you know, that I have a concern. Otherwise, they'll be like, do it, right? Because people just love to be positive no matter what the hell your question is sometimes. They're just going to be like, go, just go. They don't care what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) you know, I just chop my hair off and shave my head. Go, girl. Right? They don't care. (laughs) So you have to, when you really want help, you got to ask the question correctly, I've noticed. 
But anyway. Um, well, Elsie, this has been really helpful. I would love to hear from the community the answers to several questions. One, do you interview someone if you almost think he's a good fit? Two, what do you do with the interview when it sucks yeah. afterwards? And, so, and a third component to that, what do you say? So you get bonus yes. points for some wording that you used for letting people down easy. And, you know, do, are you transparent or do you say like, oops, I forgot to press record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. But then that would merit a, a reshoot, or, I mean, a re-record or whatever. But still, it like, might. what are the what's the wording that you use? Yes. How do you tell them you're not going to air the show? Three, how do you tell people that they're not a good fit and you don't want to interview them? Natalie. And then, because uh, I'd love <laughs> to hear how she specifically does that, but I'm sure there are other people who listen, yeah. uh, who, who say no. And why do they say no? And then there was a fourth one, too. Um, do you have a consolation prize like me? And do you think that's like kind of a lame idea, the consolation prize to the not interview? Oh, right. Yeah, that's a really cool... I think that's a really cool idea. I like it. You do? Because it starts to get people, you know, um, yeah, thinking exposure, about right? their work, exposure, th- getting... But, but, but then you'll still have the same question arise. What if they turn an interview, I mean, something into you and you're like, this is the worst piece of writing I've ever read. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're you like, know. Um, you I don't know, know if sure. I want to put this up. Really true. Why would... It, yeah. That's really, 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 really true. Um, that's a good point. Elsie, oh, it's been so fun talking to you Yes, today. and I'm so glad we wrapped this one up, too. This is a great conversation. So, ladies, please send us your feedback at feedback at shepodcast.com. You can find, find show notes at shepodcast.com. And um, you can, what else? Oh, you can go into our Facebook group, of course. Oh, and the directory. My goodness, the women's... Podcast, oh, the She Podcast directory, which you can find at shepodcast.com. Just go in. You can't miss the little button you press or tap and onto. This is how hard we worked putting it together. You yes. would add your show immediately. Yes. And if so you. Hard. Oh my God. If you look at the show notes, ladies, if you look at the show notes, it, wherever you are listening to, if you happen to be on an, a smartphone, just look at the show notes. There is a direct link to our directory right there. All you have to do is tap it and you can fill out the information right away. Tap, tap it, ladies. Tap it. Tap it, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so another one. Another one is done. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, baby. And we'll Bye, hear from guys. you guys soon. We love your comments. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.